this is heavy. Yo, before we got started, you were talking about skate hoarders. What is this? Uh, I mean, you've seen skate hoarders, haven't you? On YouTube? You yeah. haven't seen that? No, that's why. Oh, I think I saw the Mike Vallely episode. Oh, Valley. he's got one? Valley. Valley. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, it's cool, man. It's a show where basically it's exactly what it sounds like for anyone Skate that doesn't horse. know. It's just they go to these people's houses, usually um, pros. People, pros or just people in the industry, and uh, check out their collection of crap that they've just saved over the years. Hmm. Um, so I got into watching that this past week. We went to the beach, which was fun, and then um, that's why we didn't record an episode last week so who, who who i watched one with uh with tony hawk which was pretty cool but and who does it who makes the, oh i don't know i think it's Transworld. like Transworld oh, okay. skateboarding puts it on okay but i watched the one with um tony hawk was pretty cool i watched the one there's this dude that skates for creature dave something um i'm drawing a blank on his name right now uh i'll think of it in a second he had a really cool episode, and then I watched uh, uh, Raj from Nine Club, yeah, which yeah. is what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, and you said he was—he's a really cool dude. I didn't really know much about him personally, and I still don't. But like, uh, learned a lot watching that skateboarders episode. Yeah, just he's kind of like, hearing about his collection of stuff and his behind the scenes on the on the whole Nine Club, and and they recorded it at the Nine Club house. So the dude so who, standing who there. Who lives in the who lives? I at think the house? he does. Does I he? I think he does, and he was the only one in the video. But it was cool because they're standing around and they're filming him while he's just picking up stuff that he set on the table. Yeah. And the whole place is a mess. But it's crazy how small that living room is. Really? That they record in. Oh man. Which is wild because that's the same thing. Anybody that comes over here, that's usually the number one compliment or thing that they say is like dude it looks so much bigger on camera i guess that's like, good so i had the idea it'd just be for us mostly i don't think anybody really want to watch it dude. just do like a skate esque episode where we talk about all the crap in this room because a lot of the stuff I, mean, I have a lot of memories you know i think this is junk i've collected throughout my life well that's the thing majority of it is yours i could film it but you would have to do all the talking yeah it would just be something fun to do what just film this half of your garage this is my well, just just show my washer and dryer for anybody that hasn't been over here just show them what the set looks like and then just talk about some of the crap that doesn't really get so be junk quarters junk quarters. yeah it quarters. would be like, i would just i would rip the title for skate hoarders and i would just scratch, scratch it, it out, out yeah and, and put like podcast hoarders or something i don't know what i'd say i mean that'd be neat yeah we do have a lot of junk no it's crazy that you brought him up because seriously again probably this goes back to TikTok. There was a video of behind the scenes of Hot Ones, and he's there, camera op slash. He works. Yes. For Hot Ones. So I saw that and I was like, "There's no way that's him." And so I looked up. He has an IMDb page. What's his name? Roger Bagley. Is that yes. his full name? Yes. Okay. So he's worked on Hot Ones. He's worked on The Burger Show. He did. He did The Burger Show. Are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah. As um. Not not a producer. He's like a camera op. Um, so he's behind like all the rad YouTube. Dude, look at his IMDb. Series. So and it goes back to like I think he did stuff for Jackass, um, Bam's show, Viva La Bam. Yeah, um, look at this. Yeah, pull up his IMDb. Red Bull, Heartline, Roger Bagley. Yeah, he does IMDb. a lot of stuff for Red Bull. Um, well, he used to be a pro skater. 
um, in the Skate Hoarders episode, they talked about his... Who did he write for? I don't know. They just talked about some of the magazines that he was in and stuff. I really don't know a ton about the dude. He's definitely a behind-the-scenes guy. Because I had saw... So, it, again, I want to say it was like a TikTok. I'm not sure. But it was just like... He wasn't even the focus of it. They were just kind of filming like what the other side of the set looks like on Hot Ones. Yeah. And he was just standing there, and I was like, there's no way... There's no way. And it's just him chilling. This is him chilling, hanging out. Yeah. Red Bull Heartlines, Bam's World Domination it was a TV short got that a came bunch out in 2010. Of, a bunch of music videos and stuff. 411. Jackass, yeah. You saw that. But uh, yeah, dude, super righteous. I was like, that's super, cool. Super rad, dude. No, I didn't know anything about him, but I just thought it was interesting kind of seeing the behind the scenes of the Nine Club. And uh, he talked about a lot of his. Uh, memorabilia and stuff he's collected and so, dude they get so much stuff mailed to him because really yeah so they have their their p.o box on the website mm. and so people just send them stuff all the time and they, they, and they have like millions of views every episode what, what do they get a lot of skate junk some of it he a lot of it he says he just either gives away or it just goes in storage oh man but then uh a good bit of it he keeps and t- he talked about on that episode so cool. i know they film it in like the living room setting and i know there's like a kitchen behind them like it is very much an apartment it's a, it's like a small home yeah it's what it looks like i don't know I, didn't, I haven't seen like a full tour of the house i think it's an apartment it may be i think it is it may be it may be like a like a townhouse type deal maybe, i don't know or something I don't like know. that i don't know just on the episodes i've listened to when guests come over and they kind of talk about finding the place and yeah. coming inside oh, yeah, okay it, it makes it sound like it's an apartment it's pretty cool um, they just took over their house, and I don't know who lives there. I would imagine he lives there. Um, I don't know if Chris lives there. So imagine this, but in your living room, and in having to room. set this up every week. It's just a bunch of dudes. Like, who cares? Oh, yeah, <laughs> dude house. So, anyways. Okay, well. Yeah, so I was thinking about that, and then you mentioned him on skateboarders. I was like, we're on the same wavelength or something. Yeah, I hadn't talked to you. Uh, it's been like a week and a half or so. Well, you took What's off been going to, on, man? You took off to the beach. You didn't even tell me. You were like, hey. Um, well, we've had that trip planned for like You didn't tell me. Months. Like, yo, we're no episode this week. Uh, I'm going to be at the beach. Like, oh, yeah, uh, okay. Sorry. Rad. Awesome. How was the beach? Well, I was trying to figure out a way to get one in, but it just didn't work out. So I was like, well, we'll just wait and do one when I get back. Yo, what we need to talk about, Tim, Tim brought this up because I told him our whole excursion on your motorcycle. And I kind of gave him the cliff notes, and he was like, Oh, yeah, no, we like, hadn't talked about any of that. He's like, I need to hear the catastrophe that was hauling your motorcycle across town. Oh, dude. And I, I know we've talked about it a lot, so we can kind of like, we don't have to get yeah, super so, in detail. All right. Well, so if, uh, when was the last episode we may have talked about the bike? It may have been the last episode me and you were just sitting down here chit Yeah, you, you. So last episode, you had just gotten it out of the backyard. And I think, no, no, no. That's what we talked about. That's where we ended. It was still in the backyard. I'd reached out to a loaf, a loaf at Sanctuary Cycles it, yes. and said, hey, I got this Harley. I had reached out to him back months ago, and uh, he said, yeah, and then I kind of you know, slept on it and didn't get it out. But anyways, we got a winch, got this Harley that had basically just been sitting in someone's basement for however long years and years and years and just dry rotted to pieces and nothing physically wrong with the bike other than it just needs to be going through and 
yeah. have everything kind of new hoses like the tires are shot i wouldn't feel safe riding on the tires um the inside of the tank has some rust and just a lot of the like fuel lines brake lines all that stuff man just needs to all be swapped out yeah other than that there's nothing major that i'm aware of as knock far as on, the bike knock, knock on wood, wood. Knock i know on wood. loaf's had it for a couple weeks now and i don't know if he's had a chance to really dive into it there were a few other bikes that he was having to yeah. work on so i was in line well he hasn't called you being like oh shit yeah dude. no i haven't got that call yet <laughs> but getting it to him we go to we winch it out of the backyard and um my dad's friend uh my dad's friend yeah. had a trailer that he was willing to let us borrow because um okay at this point can we call the trailer you think we can still call that thing a trailer at this point, no. It's a hunk of junk hunk that of needs junk. to be thrown in a ditch. And yes. Never. But it was a trailer, and I, I should have seen the red flags. I should have seen these. But Scott says, hey, I've got a trailer. You can come over. You can borrow this. I'm like, perfect. Awesome. Need something. Uh, Dad's trailer is full of junk, and we hadn't had a chance to go to the, dunk, the junkyard and dump it all out. So we go over there. We pick up the trailer, and... Right out of the back, right out of the gate, it's just been sitting in the backyard of his dude's house for however long. It's not even in his driveway. Tires are flat. It's got a wasp nest on the front yeah. that we had to kill. He parked that thing out back and just forgot. Just about forgot it. about it. Yeah, wires are just hanging all over the place. You know, it's got some rust on it. But other than that, it doesn't look like a terrible trailer. Okay, sure. So we get it out of the backyard. We uh, killed all the wasps. We air up the tires, and then he gives us like a tire. It's like a, a front wheel, I don't know what you call it, like a chalk that you put in a trailer yeah. that bolts. It's not like a cycle stand. It's like a it's like a bike stand or something that holds the front wheel of like a motorcycle if you're hauling it on a trailer, yeah. on a flatbed trailer. And while we're putting that on, it bolts to the, the base of the trailer, like the floorboard. I was like, well, where'd you get this trailer? He was like, well, it used to be a camper. Oh. It had a camper on it. It was like either like a pop-up Like a pop-up trailer? I guess. Oh, dude. So he ripped the camper off and saved the trailer and like fabbed up a, a gate on the back of Which it. Which the gate is too heavy for the trailer. Yes. And the trailer is not balanced. He's like, yeah, until you get some weight on it, it'll bounce around a lot. And it did. So we hooked the trailer up. So you're like, this is a great, this is a, per let me park my bike on it and yeah. haul it across town. Well, we get the trailer. It's in Trustful. We come to Birmingham. It does fine. It's loud as hell, but it doesn't, no, nothing bad happens. We get the bike on the trailer, and I'll put a picture of it. Um, I think I have one somewhere. Anyways, I'll show a picture of my bike on the back of it. Get it all hooked up, good to go. Haul it back to Trustful. Does fine. Does fine. No shot. No problems. So I. You, know, you took the highway too. We took that. We took the same road. Yes. So we oh, took 59 North to Trustful. We parked the bike there, and basically at this point, I haven't reached out to Loaf yet. Um, I wanted to get the bike where I, as soon as he gives me the green light, I could just take it over there. Yeah. So I reached out to him, said, "Hey, I got the bike ready to go. Whenever you get time, no rush. Obviously, I'm the one that dropped the ball. Six months later. Six months later, and uh, he messaged me right back. Um, I say right back. It was a few days later. He messaged me back and was like, "Hey, I, I can take it. Like, today. I've, got, I've got a couple other bikes, but if you can get it to me by five today, yes, then I'll go ahead and get to work on it." So I'm like, "Yes, awesome." So oh, that's yeah. when I call you. I get that phone call, and Alex is like, "Are you in trustful?" I was like, "I, 
yeah, I'm about to be. He's like, I need you there. We're getting the bike. We're hauling it across town. I got to be there before five. Yes. And so already the tent, the stress levels kind of. Cause it's like three 30. Yes. Yeah. We have it's like, an, like late in the afternoon. So I'm already driving back to Trustville like this. This is going to be interesting. But the bike's already on the trailer. Sure. It's ready to go. In my head, all I'm going to do is hook it up and we'll take off. So, we, so bu- we meet in Trustville. We meet in Trustville. The it, tires are flat. The tires again. are flat on the trailer. And I'm like, damn it. And I'm in such a hurry. And so I air up the tires. I got a little pump I keep on my truck. Air up the tires. We attach the safety straps. <laughs> okay. Can we talk about <laughs> these? These, sa- be- these safety straps the, are not chains. The, they're straps. The only thing safety about those, those ropes is that they're yellow safety yellow they're dry rotted they are they're They're fraying falling apart they're in bad shape the little the the shackles are rusted oh they're rusted you you can't can't even open open it it to chain it to the truck so anyway red flags red flags everywhere but i'm like it did fine coming from birmingham (laughs) trustful now we just got to do the same thing in reverse just take it back because his shop is over in avondale sure um, so in, I'm a, like, in a time crunch, five o'clock traffic. No, we're trying to beat five o'clock traffic. Okay. But we get the truck, we get the trailer hooked up, we get the tires aired up, everything's good to go. We get on the road. Hit the road. And this thing is bouncing like crazy and it's loud, but at the same time, I've already done this trek once, so I'm not too worried. <laughs> yeah. So we get on the highway, we get past uh the what is that the chalkville mountain exit it is the so coming from trustful on 59 it is the south it, it is the 459 junction yes so where where 459 splits off of 59 we're getting we are literally passing 459 and i look in the rearview mirror and the trailer is doing this the trailer has come off it the has hitch, come off the hitch and the, is now dragging behind the truck by this frayed rope and Which we didn't even know how bad it was until we got over it. Alex, dude, is, I freak out. I'm not paying attention, and because we were just talking, and the next thing I know, Alex is like, "Dude, I'm just screaming." He's like, using oh heavy language. God. He's like, oh "Crap, crap, crap!" And I'm like, "What?" And I look in the side in the in the side view mirror, and there is no trailer. <laughs> Trailer's gone, it's gone. And I'm like, "Oh God, oh my, oh God." So I, what I could see is the trailer's just going from left to right, but it's still staying behind the truck. But dragging, but on, dragging the, on the concrete, and the bike is on its side. So the bike fell over. So yeah. the bike fell over inside the trailer, but it stayed in the trailer because we strapped it down. I mean, it wasn't just like we were just using the tire holder. Like right. we put it in that, which locks it in, and yes. we did straps. Um, but the bike has just completely come out of that and fallen over. Yes. But it's still on the trailer. And that's a miracle. In Dude, and thank itself. God the trailer stayed on the truck. Can you imagine had the had both ropes? Failed? That's what I'm saying. So we get out and look. Finally, I get it pulled over to the side of the road. Cars are flying by. Oh yeah. And one of the safety straps is broken. <laughs> so it did fail. It did fail. Okay. So only one of the straps stayed. Is that the only thing that kept that trailer from just flying down 459? Yes. With a bike. There could have been pieces of my Harley all up and down the highway. Into oncoming traffic, too. Yes, it would have been so bad. It could have been so much worse. It could have been. And that's what I was... You were freaked. And so when we finally got off the side of the road, we kind of assessed what had happened. Big ass 18 wheelers (laughs) driving by, and I'm like, dude, my nerves. I'm just like... So my thing... I was like, okay, let's let's get it on the ball of your truck, and then let's stand, let's stand the bike back up, and then strap it down, and just kind of just take a breather and figure out. 
And so we we get the trailer up on the on the ball on your hitch, and the cotter pin's gone. We realize, yeah, the locking pin is gone, and so and so it was just latched on, but it I guess it was bouncing so much, and it was just a crappy latch that the latch popped up. Yes, that it just there was nothing securing it to the ball of yes. the truck, and it just popped off. Yes, it's all they figure. So we. We get it on the ball, and then I jump on the trailer, stand the bike up, and you, luckily, you have straps. I had other straps that we used to replace the safety straps, so or we'll, one of the so, safety so straps. So we'll, we'll get to that. And so it's something, you're fooling with a strap while I'm holding the bike up, and you couldn't get the strap to, like, come loose. And I can see it in your face. You're just like, you're about to throw this strap in the oncoming <laughs> traffic. And I'm just like, hey, hey, hey. This could have been so much worse. Like, Dude, we, I'm at least so we still glad, have your bike. I'm so glad you were with me because part of me was like, the bike's already on the trailer. All I got to do is hook it up. I can haul this to Loaf Shop. Oh, God. And then he can help me get it off the trailer. Dude. Like, no. it was a miracle because if you'd have been like, oh, I'm not, I'm across town or I'm not. You would have gone for it. I would have anyway. just went for it. I'd be like, dude, I got to get there by five. Oh, I got to go. Thank God you were there. Um, so, yeah. So, we get the bike stood up. Uh, strap back down. Strap back down. We get it half-ass rigged to where it won't unlatch. We have to like stick a screw through there, then use a bunch of so that's what I want to zip talk ties and just random crap I had in the back of my truck yes. to like secure it. So a Phillips head deck screw and like <laughs> yeah. and like fifteen zip ties. Fifteen zip ties for this locking pin. And then because one of the safety quote unquote straps had broken, you had used one of your tie downs. As like a safety. As like a safety. Which was still super sketchy. Yeah, because it's like you couldn't make it too tight. You had to have slack so it could move. So the trailer could pivot. Yeah, yeah, and so I get back on the highway. We're doing like 45 miles an hour. I throw my hazards on. Yeah, 45 and then like a 75-mile-an-hour zone. And then we get off the highway as soon as we can. Um, so we make it down. Whatever that is. What, yeah, what is if, that? if you're familiar with 59 coming from Trustful, going towards Birmingham, we had made it past the first Centerpoint Parkway exit and made it down to the, um, I don't know if that's so first. It's like a big the, park over It's like there. the First Avenue North. Yeah. Um, so we made it there. And, um, but still, yeah, 45 on the interstate, and cars are just like hauling ass, like, what the Laying hell? Laying on the horn. What are you what doing? Are these guys and doing? the lights don't work on the trailer, so I've got my hazards on. But oh, it's not because like you can't see it. It snapped. Oh, it ripped all the wires. It but they didn't work anyway, I don't think. Well, because when I picked it up from. Old they buddy, definitely don't work now. Well, when I picked it up and plugged in the thing, he was like, oh, I'm pretty sure those lights don't work. <laughs> but you can hook them up. Another red flag. Like, yeah. totally should have known. Like, but so, anyway, so crisis averted. We made it off the interstate. We're made it off the interstate. We're going smooth as silk. I'm calming down. You're telling me all the ways it could have been way worse. Oh, yeah. The bike at the time we didn't really assess the damage, but it didn't look like anything really bad had happened to the bike. And yeah. in all, like, we didn't get killed. We didn't kill anybody else. Yes. It was like, okay, we're good. We're good. Yes. We find the shop. <laughs> we literally. Pull into the parking lot. We are like a hundred feet from coming to a stop. Yeah, bike falls bike over. Bike falls again. over. Yes, the damn the straps don't do shit. I don't know why we had. It well, the reason down. it didn't is because the the chalk we used for the that the wheel was in. Yeah, that whole piece had just given way and just broken. Yes, 
And the weight of the bike made the whole thing. It flipped over the opposite side of the kickstand. We had the kickstand down to keep it from falling to the left, but it's, it fell to the right. Right. And I'm like, how did it fall if the wheel is in the chalk? But the wheel isn't in the, the, well, the whole, wheel's in the chalk, it, but the, the chalk. whole thing was turned over. Yes. Yes. And so now that we're there, Loaf's coming out, and I'm sure he was just like, dude, he's just shaking his he's head. He's looking at us, and the bike is on its side in pieces in this crappy trailer. Yes. And he's like, what? on earth are you doing I, I'm, I was so embarrassed i was like this is amateur hour right now and we had gone too far past his shop so we had to back so i had it. to back the trailer and i suck it back in the trailer oh yeah love's just there like this fuck he's me. like yeah you went too far you're at tom sound you need to back up um and then turn right and come to my shop where we can get in the bay door and so i'm trying to back up and then the trailer's like jackknifing <laughs> on me and so I'm trying not to look like a fool, and the bike at this time when I'm trying, it wasn't until we started trying to back back up that I realized that the bike's on its side. Yeah, so we didn't notice. We didn't it. even hear we didn't it. Notice at first, yeah. So we finally get to where we can unload the bike at Loaf's place, and but he was understandable. He he didn't think he we was were, totally cool. He didn't come out there and start if making he, fun. If of he us. thought we were idiots, he didn't. He didn't say he it. played it off. Yeah. He was just like, oh, I see this all the time. Well, no we yeah, we told him like, <laughs> how often does a does a trailer pop off the ball hitch? I was like, dude, I got a story for you. But then when we stand the bike up, that was the most heartbreaking thing. Is like mm-hmm. this bike is in pristine condition. Well, until it fell, I think on the right side it's got a it's got like a two piece tank, yeah. like a big fat bob type tank, and it's like an anniversary edition bike. Um, for anybody listening, check out the YouTube version. You can see photos of the bike. Beautiful Harley that I'm really excited to get fixed. And this tank on the right side has got two giant dents in it now. Yes. Where at first I thought it had just gotten that from the second fall. But then I got to look and I was like, no, it fell on the angle iron of the side of the trailer. From the first time. From the first time. And then it fell again. And so now I've got, it's like somebody <laughs> hit it with a baseball bat, you know. Or a crowbar. Or a crowbar. Something with a like a sharp 90-degree yeah. angle. And uh, and man, he it, that's the one thing Loaf did say. He was like, "Man, he was like, damn, that's a nice take. That is a nice take. Yeah, and it's got two giant dents in it now. <laughs> so if I ever get the bike running, or if Loaf ever gets the bike running, and you ever see me on it, I'm probably unless I can find another tank to replace it, I'm probably just gonna ride it like it is. And yeah, right. like, yeah, I mean, it's it's it, I it gives it character. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think if. It looks like shit. It's been a few, what, two weeks, two, three weeks? Two weeks. It's been two or three weeks. But I don't remember it being, like, super bad. Well, the full weight of the bike came down on it, so it was... (laughs) Pretty bad. It was pretty bad. My coworker, who I was talking to, I was like, hey, uh, I got dents in the motorcycle tank. He's like, oh, my buddy works on bikes all the time. Let me pick his brain on how to get a dent out. And his buddy told him to tell me to fill it with water and freeze it. So that's like real. He wasn't just like making stuff up. No, no. He was like, yeah, my buddy said fill it up with water and put it in a deep freeze and freeze it. The water will expand on the inside and pop the dents out. You think it's enough? I'm afraid it would burst in other places. <laughs> like it would just crack the tank. I don't know? think, well, I don't know how bad. I, I didn't see how bad the rust was on the inside. That'd be a loaf question for you. I don't know. I'm not... Yo, love, you want to fill that tank with water and throw it in deep it? freeze? Is that a thing you can do? No I way. don't know. I've never heard of that. I've never heard of that either. And it kind of makes sense, but at the same time, I'm like, I, fr- I feel like I would do more damage trying to fix mm-hmm. the tank dents versus just leaving the So, water. yeah, I would say if you were already on the course of wanting to buy a new tank to replace it, then it would be worth a shot. See, I could go to like a, a, 
a swap meet or something, and I might be able to find another tank. And it may not be as hard to find. But then a you tank. need to paint it and get your colors right. If I could just get it flat black like the other side, is it black? I thought it was fun. blue. Or it's kind of like a. It's like a dark. It's like a dark blue black. Yeah. It may not look perfect. It wouldn't have the graphics, obviously, because it's got like that that cool Harley logo. Yeah. But I'd have it on one side and then just have the other side just be <laughs> a black look like tank. a junk tank. Look yeah, like you pieced it together. It looked like a. I mean, it's gonna look like an old. But the style of the bike, man, is so cool. Like the way it's uh, – I know we talked about it on the last podcast, me and you did together. But, it, man, it's such a rad-looking bike, just stock. And I told Loaf, I don't want to do anything crazy. I'm yes. not trying to create a chopper out of it. I mean, it already looks like a chopper, in my opinion. Yeah, it looks rad. I just want to get it ride, that's what rideable. Got me, that's what got me into bikes. Like you and Dad have always ridden motorcycles my whole life. Or Dad has, our whole lives. And then you guys did um, – you had a Honda Shadow for a while, then you got the Vulcan. Dude, I wish I thing. had that Shadow again, man. And then all the... Uh, I don't know why I sold that thing. Like the the Chopper Thunder Beach or whatever. We'd go to that every year. Thunder on the Beach, yeah. But I was never like... It was never my interest. I didn't think you would ever get the bug. I was like, he's just not into motorcycles. He brought that bike home. I'm telling you, he brought that Harley home on the trailer. And I was like... This is so cool. It didn't run or anything, and he said it was your bike, and I was like, dude. And so it sat over here, forever, and I've always been on you. Like, if you're not going to fix this bike, I want this bike. I want yeah. it. I want it. I want it. So you got the bug. You're like, you're going to fix it. And then so I kind of reached out and was like, well, if you're doing this, what are you doing Yeah, so I had a Vulcan, Vulcan bike that I had created. We kind of bobbed out, did like a bobber-style bike out of now, that is it, you're is now. It, is it because there's different styles. You got bobber, you got rat bikes, I don't know. you got brat bikes. I can't. Got... I can vaguely tell you, but I don't know. I don't know the differences. So I, I know that's your question. You're going with when like, you were building. What defines what it? was your st- just bobber style? I had a style in my head. You want me to be completely honest? It was the Motley Crue video, where they're all it's yeah uh, uh, girls, girls, girls. That video, Motley Crue, Nikki Six is riding around on a, on a chopped out harley or something and it's got the big ape hangers and stuff and in my head i wanted to recreate that bike or something be, similar i want to be that guy i wanted to be nikki six that's what it was yeah and uh so i had that idea in my head and it most everybody kept saying oh you're building a bobber oh you're building a bobber and i was like well okay well, yeah, if that's what you want to call it like yeah. i don't know what a bobber is i don't know what a i can't define the different looks bike cool. styles i just like i want big ape hangers i want the single seat i want the the smallest uh, tank you can fit on. I'm a not the smallest tank, but I just dug the peanut style tank that you would see on like Sportsters. So it's like a Sportster style tank. Yeah. I just like the way it looked, and uh, just a small back fender, no big, because it's um, uh, the VN800 made by Kawasaki. Uh, it's a soft tail, and so we had to engineer a, a rear fender that made it look like a hard tail, but actually it it moved independently with the back wheel. So it wasn't like yeah. a solid fender that you yes. could ha- ride a passenger on. Right. Well, you well, that's so I've taken over the bike. I've since taken over and yeah. what was going to be just like, hey, change the carburetor and just let me ride has Well, I knew you had always said, "Hey, I don't like the apes." Like, yeah, I want to take that. Yeah. I don't like those. I want some lower I wanted like, something I can be comfortable handlebars. on, and yeah. just sitting on your bike and maneuvering it around the driveway. It did take some getting used to, because I mean they were tall, dude. They were like, That's it was not... like a twelve or fourteen inch rise. Yeah, I was like, no, it was like way up. It dude. was it was pretty far up there, but it was so fun, man. Um, but yeah, maneuvering it in like a parking lot and stuff was a little challenging. Yeah, but you get like, used to it. Like, I mean, it's no. not bad. 
so that was a conversation I was like yo can I like I want to start writing but I want to kind of do it my way you know would you be offended if I you know met and you were like completely like no take it yours do what you want to with it well it was dad's bike then it was my bike now it's your bike Not so, so bike, that's cool yeah. You know, and uh, make it your own thing. Like, Dad did his thing, and then when he gave it to me, I ripped it to shreds. Oh, yeah. Like, I took everything off that he had put on it because I didn't like the style at all. And it, it kind of, you could tell. It was like. It's tough. You're taking, the, you're taking the handlebars I put on there? Uh, you're taking the. Dude. He ordered this fancy, like, sissy bar, like, back rest because he had the original. Uh, Which was just so back much. Frame. It was just so much. A sissy bar on a soft tail with a king and queen seat. Is just the rise. The rise is so high. It looks weird. Unless it's a crazy Frank Fender. Those are cool. Those are freaking cool. So pull that up because I need an idea. So yeah. So pull it up. um, Crazy Frank. But I will say, dude. So Dad was kind of pointing out all the stuff they changed for your bobber, and his engineering on the back fender is crazy. Looks really, really good. Shout out, Dad. So. So this is a crazy Frank Fender um, for anyone watching. So describe uh, what makes it. So it, it's, it, you see how it's. Um, but look how high off the back tire it is. I mean, yeah, but I still think it looks cool. But yeah, it almost, it has like a kind of a dirt bike type look, but it's floating over the back wheel, but it gives you the ability to still have a soft tail bike and ride a passenger. And then the wheel can float independently inside the frame. Yeah. So my thinking is why not why not essentially do that but just keep it where it moves with the back with the back wheel. Why do you need it to hover when it can all be attached? Cuz your your passenger is probably going to get beat to death. Well, that's I'm not the passenger, so it well, doesn't that's matter. okay. Yeah, that's fine. As soon as you put a girl on the back, she's going to be bouncing all over the place. That's yeah. the problem. Hey, sucks to suck sometimes. But, no, but mainly I want something that I can like not even for like a, a a passenger, but just something I can strap a backpack. Yeah, to. that was too. I couldn't haul like, I didn't take any like long trips on it. I did take a trip to the beach with my friend Randy once, but that was before we like chopped it out, and it still had the original fender on it that had a back seat that you could put like, um, you could put like fo- like yeah, gear which, and luggage. We, we and still stuff. have, but man, so it, yeah, it looks weird. I mean, there's definitely some freaking weird bikes. I mean, people do stuff that's not cool. So that was me. I was like, okay, well, I want to put different bars on it, which I did, and I got all the parts to fix the carb. And um, that was it, really. But then I got to look at it, and I was like, you just snowballs. And then parts for the bike is so cheap. It's like, why not? And Dad's on me. He's like, well, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it now. Yeah, let me, uh, let me pull up a photo. It was cool. You texted me a I think couple I texted pictures. Photos, yeah. Um, so we ended up. I ended up fi- buying a different tank. Oh, we're gonna get into that too. What you just scrolled past. We're gonna get into that. Um, so I bought a new tank for it, which was really a gamble. It was kind of on a whim. It was. It was pretty late, and I was just searching for. Um, I was actually searching for switches because I moved the switches off the the starter switch off the handlebar that I was gonna move down below the tank. And in the process of looking for those switches. I got on to scrolling through gas tanks. And this... So this is a photo of your bike. Um, has the... It's still kind of a teardrop-looking tank, but yeah, it's so the not total, like the total, super dramatic. It's a two-and-a-half-gallon tank. The total width of that tank is eight inches. 
So it's real it's narrow. It's pretty narrow, which, man, I love it, too. It's cool, though, man, from the side. And I think the coolest part of the bike that I think me and Dad both were, like, a little skeptical on was the rabbit ear handlebars dude, that you put on there. And they're to, so rad, dude. Trying to so sell good. that, trying to explain it to Dad, and then showing him pictures, and he's like, man, I don't <laughs> He's, know. like, doubting it the whole way. He's like, no, this is a mistake. So I did it anyway. I bought it and got it, and then um went over there and put him on the bike and then he got home that day and saw him and he was like okay he's like i see it he's like these are rad but it still it still had your tank on it which your tank fits fits the bike and it looked it looks rad but i just i want i feel i want to i'm changing it that's long story short i'm changing it so new tank new seat i want to change up the rear fender to do a sissy bar and then right now that's it i put different tires on it how far out are you from having the bike done? Time wise, there's no telling. You know? Okay, but well, I, no rush because that's what I was saying. I was like, dude, I want to get the Harley running so that when you get yours running, we can go ride together. Which like, is that's so the goal. Si- thank God because I was worried that you weren't that the bike was just going to sit in your backyard. Well, it probably would have once you like. I saw that you were serious about fixing the Vulcan up for you. Oh, I'm. Invested. I was like, oh, dude. Well, I'll, then you and Dad are gonna be able to ride, and I won't be able to. So I was like, okay, time to get a bike going. Yeah. Um, so rad. This works out great, actually. Um, so the new so tank, yeah. new tank, motorcycles, is, dude. But so now I have to fix all the all the fab work you guys did when you modified it. Yeah, I was curious how you were gonna make the tank fit on that frame without having to weld oh, new no. tabs and stuff. So. I need to grind off all the mounting points that you guys did for your tank. The, and then how are you going to mount yours? So the tank, the new gas tank has, um, what are they called? Bungs, bungs, plugs, screw hole, bung hole, bung holes. Bung holes, yeah. <laughs> bung holes on the bottom of the tank so that you could um, sit the tank on the center. Like the spine of the The spine, bike. yes. And then you could actually bolt like a mounting system that goes underneath the spine and like sandwiches it to the spine. It's of like the tank. a U-bolt type. Deal yes. Or something. But it also came with tabs that you can weld to the tank and then with the tank drill holes through the tabs and then put new bungs in the spine of the bike and then screw it, mount it that way. Okay. I'll versus, just take your word for it. I'm trying to picture it, but yeah. Okay. Versus just welding the tank to... Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't weld the whole tank, but usually there's like, I don't know. It came with tabs. Yes, you can usually, weld the tabs. It's usually to tabs it. that it bolts to. I would think you don't weld the tank directly to the. Correct, but right. the tank came with tabs that are not welded to the tank. Oh, it's just separate. Yes. Okay. So I need to. Where do... did you get the tank? Oh, man, good question. I, 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 I probably bought it from Lowbrow. Where did probably... you get the handlebars? I think I got those from Lowbrow too. So shout out Lowbrow Customs. That's yeah, they're cool. okay. So yeah, shout out Lowbrow because they had the the tank was on sale, and then I also had a thirty percent off coupon, That's and so cool. the tank was less than a hundred dollars. The tank was cheaper than the handlebars. Dang. And the handlebars is not much. Well, it's just raw steel. I mean, you still have to like yeah, get it, it power yes. coated or painted or do something with it, right? Yeah, so I got to figure that out. I mean, just spray paint it. Yeah, okay. Just prime it and paint it. Yeah. It would look cool, dude. Yeah, well, that's the thing about the Vulcan. So you guys went all flat black. There's no gloss or... Yeah, I was kind of just like, I want to keep it simple. And so we powder-coated everything. Is it powder-coated or is it the Home Depot? 
No, I think we took the tank and like the fenders and everything to this dude that had like a a shop that did powder coating, and he oh. just hung it up. And I don't know how ma- I don't exactly know how powder coating works, but it's like they electrify it and then the atoms jump to it. Yeah, they did it with magnetism. My, they did it with my science, roof rack. dude. I don't know. I don't um, remember. Yeah, but then it's like more durable than just like a regular paint job, to my understanding. But I feel like you still need to put a gloss. You need to put a um, not a gloss, a um. Like for your tank, especially, you put a coating on it so if you drip gas on it, it doesn't strip. No, no, paint. no. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So when we did the powder coat, I would get gas on it all the time. What? It wouldn't do anything. And it wasn't like, what do you call it, sealed or whatever? I mean, you just, it would just dry. It's like it's like dropping <laughs> it gas on a lawnmower. I mean, it doesn't just peel the paint, you know, or yeah. peel the, in this case, the powder coating. I don't know. I don't that know. tank was pretty resilient because I'd like. I remember I, I hauled my skateboard on the back of it once, and uh, I scratched uh, the what? back fender. Yeah. How? How? I like you, jammed it in there. You it don't have. Stupid. You do not have a sissy bar. I don't have a sissy bar, but I rigged up a way where I kind of jammed it in between the seat and the back fender. Oh my god! On and I wrote tail? it. I wrote it to. Uh, 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 Haints had like a. It was like a big open house thing. Something they were doing. It was some maybe a mini swap meet or something. And I rode over there and met Randy. And I know that at the time where the dojo was, the second dojo, they had a, a little mini skate park. Across the street. And I was like, dude, if I go over there, we may skate some. So I wanted to take my board. Yeah. And so I kind of, I don't know what I did exactly, but I, I rigged it up in a way that it stayed on. And I rode it from Trustville to Birmingham. Oh, God. But the grip tape was rubbing on the fender, and it scratched the back fender. So if you look at it, you'll see that like there's a part where it's like yeah, scratched up. I haven't seen that. It's not bad. I didn't care, but hmm. yeah. Anyways, yeah. So that's the plan. Just kind of it just snowballed into, but it's nothing that's hard. Um, it's just time to just do it. We got a lot going on at work right now, but yeah. How are things going, man? Check out, dude. The freaking uh, I'm gonna pull that up. That was cool. The uh, what are we talking about? I don't even know. The new shirts that you guys made. I thought those were really sick. I think I was at the beach when I saw it. Um. um well, okay, yeah. See, I don't even know. I I genuinely don't know. Oh, are you talking about the big six shirt? Yeah, the big six shirts. Oh, the shop tees. Yeah, the shop shirts, man. Yeah, so like the back, dude. It's so cool. Don't go looking. You might get got. That's cool. <laughs> I thought right? it was pretty funny. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, we um. So as a print shop, we had we've started working with a lot more bands. Well, I called you earlier. I was like, hey, man, we're gonna line up a podcast this afternoon. And you're like, dude, I'm in right I'm in the like, middle of a, literally a giant right. quote. Yes. Like, I'll call you later. Yes. So we um we have a lot of bands come through, and we're it's Big Six is marketed under LCY, so it's all under the same umbrella. Yeah. But we're trying to market it as Big Six is its own print shop. So trying to come up with creative ways to help promote the print shop. So we we did a bunch of stickers and. Um, any any of the bands that come through and do bulk orders, we uh, throw in a bunch of free T-shirts. Oh, really? Okay, cool. Yeah, just to help kind of like spread the word, but something that's not so in your face, like Big Six Printing, you know, it's kind of branded in its own thing. So we did that, and we've been giving out free shirts, and uh, just on a whim, I was like, well, you know, I'll put it online for all the homies. Dude, I want one. I think they're cool. I'll get you one. I'll bring you one over. Yeah, dude. Well, good to hear that the print shop is doing well. Um... Yeah, I, for, I kind of forgot about those actually. But yeah, yes. y'all did a bunch of stickers and stuff too. That's cool. Yeah, t-shirt game, dude. We're about to heavy ultra's about to step it up on the t-shirt game. 
Dude, okay, I see this World Games t-shirt that you guys did, the 2022 World Games Magic City. Um, did you read the latest AL.com article about the World Games? So how they're like Have they finally assessed like how it wow, They it did was? an assessment. This this AL this article from AL.com I think dropped Monday of this week. And basically, I'm going to see if I can find it. Um, cuz we had talked about we've talked about the World Games, everybody we've talked to about the World Games. Um we, we, that was kind of the underlying thing. Was like, was this good for Birmingham or was it not? And brother, I hate to break the news to you, but your game system died behind you. Oh well, that's it's officially fun. officially out, dude. Bummer, Gallagher can't Double play. It's gone. just running off a. Uh, it's like a little. Uh, so anyway, this this. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Anyways, jump. going back to this article, um, Birmingham World Games 2022 debt. Who's owed what? This may be a new one, but. Uh, has outstanding invoices totaling over fifteen million. Wait, oh, uh, have you not seen this? I thought all this was funded already, though. That's what brought the World Games here. I don't know how it works. Apparently, uh, they made a lot of promises to like small businesses and stuff that they would be paid after the fact. The small business I work for, we did some work for the World Games, not a ton. We had a very minor invoice that was outstanding, but they did pay. Um, but basically, there's a lot of people in town that are owed a bunch of money, man. Oh, it's like, uh, yeah, according to this article, and anybody that wants to read this, go check it out on AL.com. So give me the cliff notes. On cliff what, notes what you are saw. that they uh, basically have a bunch of vendors that haven't been paid, uh, totaling up to $15 million, or over $15 million. So when you say vendors, are you talking like? Like local businesses that... Uh, did work for the World Games in some capacity that the World Games organization owes them. Uh, okay. So they're like, okay, World Games are over. We showed up. We supplied all the tents. Yeah. We supplied all the ice. We supplied all the whatever. Gotcha. And now you owe us. And um, they haven't gone into specifics about who is owed what and all the specific businesses and stuff. But it was it's pretty wild. It's like, man. And now I think Woodfin has reached back out to... Okay, maybe they are named. This must be a newer article then. Uh, dude, they have specific... How? Oh, what dude. Van Wagner uh, sports production, including metal ceremonies, they're owed $938,000. Uh, Miller Media did sports production. So this is this is more on the like production dude, side. Dude, this is great. It. I haven't even read this article. So yeah, Miller Media, for example, they provided the LED walls and signage. They're owed $878,000. Uh, Thompson Tractor. Uh, they provided a bunch of generators. They're owed $676,000. In addition, 53 companies involved in the production of the opening and closing ceremonies are listed together as being owed a total of $1.7 million. million. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. Oh, Dude, that's nuts. Smokes. So, not so I've always written, not to interrupt you, but I've always heard that like cities that host like big events like the Olympics and stuff, always, it's actually not profitable yeah you lose money like you get the exposure but i thought but i don't know correct me if i'm wrong leave a comment so I i'm think missing something when you because they had to bid on the world games right and then they got it yeah so my understanding is that william bell when he was the mayor he was the one that actually went out and recruited the world games for birmingham which still is a good thing in my opinion i think it's still rad that we were able to get that spotlight on birmingham a lot of really cool things happening in our city 
and it prompted a lot of like infrastructure. Yes. And to like really light a fire under everybody to get these things done. Like all the renovations they've like the whole City Walk project in general, oh, yeah. I think is a direct Absol- result. Absolutely. We have City Walk because of World Games. Yes. Um and maybe new- we would have gotten World Game maybe we would have gotten City Walk without World Games, but I don't know. So I guess my question is not really I mean, all the nitty gritty, the financial stuff, but was the World Games as a whole was that worth this big amount of debt that we now have? Was it was it beneficial to like, hey, we hosted the World Games, we showed off Birmingham? I think if it just depends I don't, I don't, on how you look at I it. I don't know the turnout of who. I know if I'm Thompson Tractor and I'm owed you know half a million dollars, or if I'm Miller Media and they owe me close to a million dollars, or Van Wagner, whoever Van Wagner is, um, Swiss Timing is owed one point one million. I know if I'm those guys, I'm like, no, F that. The oh, World Games man. put us in debt because it's a good point, um, you know, that my coworker made that we were talking. It's like a lot of small businesses, you know, could potentially lose like a lot, mm-hmm. you know, if they don't get paid these outstanding invoices and stuff. Like we're a small company and our invoice was m- very minuscule compared to some of these other big numbers that I just read off. But they paid us, and in, in basically the president of the World Games Association or whatever, World Games CEO Nick Sellers would not comment on the list other than confirm the differences in the amount of outstanding invoices. But in the previous article I read, he was like, "We're um, we definitely plan to pay." In a nutshell, we plan to pay everybody. We're yeah. going to pay everybody. It's going to happen. And they paid us. Okay. Like we were like, "Hey man, what's the deal?" Because right after this article came out, we sent a, an email. To them, like uh, oh, I bet, I bet they're blowing uh, up, dude. They're blowing up, but they paid us, so I don't know. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll, or maybe they're just paying off the small guys, man, to keep us from complaining. Because that we 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 had kind of talked about it after the World Games ended. It's like okay, let's give it like a week or so, and then we'll finally see how how you know how was it? Yeah. And the first bit of feedback we ha- we had was about the we saw the article about the. Uh, vendors, the vendors that oh, were dude. super unhappy and all that stuff. Going oh on. man! So we almost did a podcast with one of those vendors. I won't say who it was. Yes, um, but he was raging. He was fired up. Buddy. He was fired up, and he was like, "Dude, we have to schedule a podcast. I got to come on and talk about my experience." Because basically, they had like a a, a, a section right under, for local right vendors. Under the new industry, it wasn't under. It was over off the side. That was the problem. Uh, and so they had all these local like clothing vendors and stuff, and um, they weren't getting the foot traffic that they were promised. And it was like a lot to buy a spot. And the dude in particular that I'm talking about, he had bought for like the whole week and spent like a pretty decent amount of money to do it, and was getting nothing. After like day two, he was like, "I'm not coming back." So that is, and there was my, a whole article about that. So that's crazy. my that's my question. Not to get into the weeds of like finances of like how much the World Games owes, but did the World Games promise X would happen, but then X didn't happen? Like people, yeah, I think they did like an overall financial estimate of the impact that it would have on the city. Yes, did we have that impact? Well, they blamed a couple of things. Oh, you know, no. one, the main thing being COVID. Because COVID happened and the World Games got pushed back a year. Okay. And so they said that, I wish I could find the first article. I'm not going to look too far for it. But the first article I read, they were like, hey, COVID happened. So now that the world is kind of opened back up, still people aren't getting out like they were. Now the world's open. Let's have some games. 
which I don't know if I buy that. But they basically said, hey, because we had to push the games back a year, we incurred X more debt hmm. because we had to sustain everything for another year. Is it though? Because the freeway was not even done. There's oh, I don't think they're ready. City Walk wouldn't have been. There's done. stuff that's still not done. There's still stuff that's not done. But I'm not trying to bash the city. I'm just, I'm just curious. Like, were we promised? I don't know. Not promised, but like, did we have the impact? Did the World Games have the impact on Birmingham that everyone thought it would have had? I don't know. I think yeah, I in the article, the two articles I've read, and I need to read more about it. But in the stuff that I've read, they said that you know. They, I think they expected more people, like more hotels and stuff and more people. I think just in general, more attendance, more people. And the turnout wasn't what they expected. Gotcha. So. Damn, that's rough. So it's rough, man. I mean, we, you see we, a number like $15 million in debt, well, and they're because, still trying to pay people. Like, that's not good, dude. That's a lot of money. Well, we've only been driving past billboards for the past three years saying the World Games, the is, World coming Games are coming in a thousand days, <laughs> counting down. Counting down. They took the sign down. If you're coming over Red Mountain, like coming into Birmingham next home to St. Vincent's, home of the World Games, where it was counting down, like right there. Yeah. It was uh, It was hanging on the bridge. They uh, took it down? Yeah, I drove. It was just like yesterday, the day before, I drove over, and they were like raising the sign up. I was wondering if they were going to leave it there and just do something else with it, but. They were like, no, nah, we're we're done with this sign. Dang. It was like a little countdown timer thing. Uh, Man. No, yeah. I had not not seen this. I don't know how we got on that, but yeah. Just something interesting uh, that I learned about. Yeah. Dang. I mean, it sucks. You know what sucks is I was out of town last week, and old buddy from uh, the Change Tupelo, uh, some of their riders, Shred, yeah. especially this one guy. I'm going to see if I can find... Uh, let's see if I can find this clip. They have guys in town coming through? One of their dudes was coming in town. His name's Skyler. And uh, he oh, had reached Skyler. out and was like, hey, man, I'm going to be in town. I'm going to come skate. Uh, love to be on the podcast, whatever. Because I had reached out and said, hey, the next time you're in town, dude, we'd love to sit down with you because this dude's so good. He posted this clip. He's in the bowl. And for anybody listening, you got to check this clip out. Look at this, dude. Huge Ooh. nose grind around the outside of the bowl. It is so sick, dude. So this was this no was, helmet, no pads. This was a this day, kid is fearless. Day ago, this is posted by New Lines. Yeah, so he posted it, and then the City Walk Park reposted it, and the New Line reposted it. Holy smokes! Dude. And so uh, he was in town, and I would have loved to gotten him on the podcast to Damn. talk skateboarding. You know, because he was part of the whole, uh, the whole. I don't know if you were. Maybe we talked about this with a change. Maybe not. But he was part of the terminal takeover by Red Bull. It was like basically they went to an airport and took over the airport and made a big skate park and had a contest. No, I hadn't seen that. Yeah, you hadn't seen that? No, nah, I didn't know about that. That was Let probably... Go to his page. A uh, Sky Lord. So yeah, this dude is like super good. So this is another video that we had showed before of him just like skating in the park. And this is the other big bowl. Giant 360 over the freaking volcano. Yeah, I know his name was dropped a lot during the change episode. Yes, so... Anyways, I ran into him at the gas station, and I saw his shirt, and I was like, yo, do you know the dudes from Change? And he's like, yeah, that's actually a shop we ride for. And it was him? It was Skyler? It was him. Oh, yeah. shit. He and a buddy. And I saw his other buddy up there. They were actually in town last week before uh, I left town. They were at the skate park. Dang. Um, just missed it. But, dude, I thought he had clips. I know he was part of it. There's no way it's this far back. You're way down there, buddy. Anyways, forget it. Uh Yo, have you seen the clips that um, 
that Alec has been posting all his all of his um um Alex Spinosi. Yeah, he uh he did a thing for like the truck company independent Thunder and um God what's the board? What's the board? Uh He's real. A, he's riding a real board right here, dude. He's so been, check this clip he's out. He's been man. posting some rad stuff, dude. Giant lip slide. Shout out Spinosi, man. Dude, he's so good. Killing yeah, it. Get him back on. Thunder trucks. So this was filmed for Thunder trucks, is what it says. Yes. He's riding real board, but um. Yeah, dude. Super rad, dude. He always interacts with our stuff, and it just like God. He's, he's just a homie. He's so good at skating too. He makes it look so easy. That's the thing. Man, I watch all these dudes that go to the skate parks, and I'm watching like, you know, um, like Dan Corrigan and this other dude named Zach Dowdy. Okay, so looking, sidetrack, looking at uh, Alex Page right oh, here. Oh, so he, Red was, Bull he was actually take- at the Terminal Takeover. I don't know if this is the most recent one because I think they did it again. Well, this was 14 weeks ago. What freaking airport is this? I don't know what airport it is. So if we get Skylar on, we'll Dude, talk this is, about this. This is like a Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Map. Yes, it is. It's it's, uh, it's crazy, and so they're just in this airport and uh, just they set up all these obstacles and stuff, and they're just like skating. And for audio listeners, this isn't like an airplane hangar. This is like where you get your luggage off the carousel. It's a legit airport. Either, like yes. inside the freaking airport. It's pretty sick, dude. Massive, dude. So good. So no, cool. I didn't know about this. So they set up a ramp coming down the like escalator. You kind of see it in this clip right here. Like, oh, really? Like, like right there. Yeah. And people are like kick flipping into it and stuff. It's crazy. <laughs> Dude, I've not seen this. So, anyways, I want to get Skylar on to talk about that. So Skylar, hit me up next time you're in town, dog. Sorry I missed you. Yo, so you probably don't know. I'm just gonna ask anyway. Is Alec back in town? He's still living in California. I right? think he's still out in California. I don't know. He changed his name to Alec Bama. Could he be coming back? Dude, he's just repping, you know, repping the South, dog. I don't know. I don't know. We don't hang out much, so. Yeah, no, I'm not, I have I'm no not idea. Gonna, not going to try to sound like no a buddy, buddy. But rad dude, man. Shout out Spinosi. In the meantime. So we, I don't know what you're looking up. So we had got on the, um, we were talking about T-shirts, and I'm really happy about, Oh yeah, the t-shirt, t-shirt design. Stuff. So yeah, last podcast me and you did, we were like, we need to get some more t-shirt designs going. That'd be fun, yeah. be cool. And so we've been kicking around ideas, and we've been shooting some ideas back and forth. I think we landed on something pretty cool. I think so too. Um, I was trying to do my part to help you with like the font and stuff because you sent me the original. So do you design. not like the font? No, I do. I thought that you said, "Hey, let's work on the font." No. Oh, okay. Because you sent me that, and I was like, the one thing he changed about the design is the one thing I spent the longest time No, on. no, no, not at all. If you want to keep the original yes, font, yes. do we want to show the design? We can show mm-hmm. the design. Anyways, okay. Show the font. Show the font. So I sent you a screenshot of just the font itself. All right, let me Sorry, auto listeners. This is just a, a, you know, we try, but not really. So, yeah, so I had been looking at heavy metal, and heavy metal, the uh, magazine, has this awesome chrome logo this 3d chrome effect vintage looking logo and i was like i gotta mimic this somehow and it is so hard how much time did you spend so i've got the logo pulled up we're thinking about using this in some capacity i don't know maybe five hours are you serious (laughs) yeah dude to to figure to figure out the 3d effect to figure out the chrome effect to get the um the gradient the, the gradient it's where right. it looks like the light's hitting it. Yes, and to get all the shimmers right. Yes, this took 
longer than I'd like to admit. Um, because I mean, I know some Photoshop stuff, but this is like way. Oh, you did all this in Photoshop. Yeah, this is all. Do Photoshop. you ever use Illustrator anymore, or is no. it just strictly Photoshop? Yeah, okay. no, I use Illustrator to from when I import, I export Photoshop files into Illustrator to then print because okay. Illustrator has a better print profile than Photoshop does. That, that's about it. Yeah, this is all Photoshop, and so I had made this, and I was like, well, then what? And you should have seen the different variations I went through to get to... Well, I didn't mean to shit all over your, to your, get your to logo the, design. To, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I thought in the text messages... Let me pull this up. I thought you had said something like, hey, I may make the middle of the chrome thing. We can play with different fonts. Yeah. Well, Shapes, I, colors, and warp effects. So that's when I fired back and came at you with You sent me that and I was like, designs. I was like, no, dude. So... Yeah, but no, if you like the way it looks as is, which this, I do, this new T-shirt design we're working on, uh, so, we'll, we'll be dropping soon. Um, I'm good to green light it, and let's just go okay, for it. Okay, perfect. Because yeah. essentially, what I've done to make the 3D Chrome effect, I now have saved as a preset. So because so you can apply, well, you said you should. I can now it. I can apply it with all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and tweak it. Um, so yeah, we could see a merch or new branding or or whatever. You know the. No, I think it's rad. I think um, so, too. My question is, the design that I sent you, do you think we could do anything with this? I mean, yeah. Why not? So, I don't know. It just... Anyways, I'm not a graphic designer. I think I did this in MS Paint. <laughs> like, really? straight up. Or, like, uh, Microsoft has a new... I was just on my work computer and um, just dicking around. And they have, like, a Paint 3D program. Well, so, it's Paint. So it's paint. Very I mean, it's straight up paint. Okay. But like, I was able to take a, a graphic I found on Pinterest and then just kind of mock it up and make okay. my own design. Well, because you cool. you sent me this and then you immediately you were like, you know, you could tweak this how you want or whatever. And then five hours later, I shot back mine, and I was like, I, I was curious how you were going to take it, the new design. Oh yeah, no, I think yours is way cooler. Definitely. It's pretty cool. Like, mine's just more simple. Like, maybe we can make just, like, stickers out of it or something. Throw Anyways, we're trying to work on merch. We're trying to step it up. I think we're in the right direction. So, the new, that printing process. So, you text me. You're like, would that work better as a back print? Yes, technically it would. But it's going to be so much work to print that, to do a front and a back print. I mean, you'd have to sell T-shirts for, like, $45. Oh, it yeah. just wouldn't be profitable. So on the front, just do a front print. Yes. Of it. Yeah, do it that way. Because it makes it easier on me. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll be dropping some shirts soon. New stuff coming. Uh, if you saw that on video, you kind of see a sneak peek. Yeah. Sort of, a little bit. Get there. Yeah. Anyways, I always like to go through the Alabama skateboarding page, see what everything's, see what's happening. I haven't skated, man. I ran into Chris, my neighbor, today. Um just out and about, and I was like, man, we need to get... Our days are usually Sundays to go up and skate at the park before it gets too hot. Um, but I haven't been on my board in about a week. But it's probably a good thing, actually, get my time. Get well, you're also gone, rest. so... Yeah, no, I told him I was going to be out of town. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. So the good la- exercise, man. It's fun. The just last time, skate. not to stir up drama, but we've been talking about drama. Why not go for it? The last time we scrolled through the skateboarding page, there's people complaining about having to have a stamp on their hand that like yeah i don't is, know has that fizzled out are people like genuinely mad about i think it was just one dude and i think he just was basically like 
venting about it? I don't know. And and I ran into Peter after the fact at the park, and I was like, hey, man, you saw that? And he was like, yeah. And he's like, what are people complaining about? Like, dude, we, we have this immaculate yes. park. Yes. Um, and you don't want a stamp on it. And head. they're not doing stamps anymore. They're, the last time I was there, they gave me like a wristband. And that's just so – because there's so many people coming out. For anybody listening, you got to understand, like <laughs> – the park is monitored, so we have a free park that anybody can go to. It doesn't free. charge you. It is free. It is a giant, very well-built, immaculate, beautiful park. And the staff does a really good job of keeping the park clean. They're always sweeping off debris. Anytime it rains, they're marking oh, off yeah. the areas where it's wet so you don't Saw get that. hurt. Yeah. Like, it's a job. And they just have to monitor who's coming in and out. It's not a 24-hour park like Louisville or some of the other big parks where you can just go there all the time, which I know a lot of people would like to see. But there's benefits to having staff there that keep the park clean, keep it, you know, looking good and stuff. It's awesome. It's beautiful. But they have to know who's checked in, and the only caveat to skating at this park is you have to have a waiver signed. Yes. That's Which, it. don't you have to do that at every park? They don't even make you wear helmets unless you're doing, like, I know it's the bikers, they do require helmets. If you're doing anything with, like, handlebars, you have to have a helmet on. Yeah. But I would think you would want a helmet anyways because it's just dangerous. It's not cool, man. Not cool. But, dude, plenty of skateboarders, plenty of skateboarders take it upon themselves to do pads and helmets and stuff. I'll, and I'll probably start doing it soon, too, you, honestly. You should. I would. Because I don't want to get killed. So the only thing that they do require is that when you check in after you filled out the waiver, that they put like a some kind of identifying mark on you, to so know. that if you leave to go get lunch and come back, you don't have to do the check-in process again. Yeah. You can just zoom in and go skate. And there was one dude who got on social media that was like complaining because they stamped his hand or they gave him a wristband, and it's like, brother, why is this an issue? This yes. is a, such a non-issue. Yeah, like it's not. It's not a problem. So for anybody wondering, why do I have to wear a wristband? Why do I have to get a stamp on my hand? It's like, dude, there's only like a couple of people up there running the park. And the lines get long, especially in like parts of the day or on the weekends. Like there's a ton of people going up there to skate. Oh, yeah. And if you're spectating, you don't have to do it. But if you're skating, you just have to like check in, give them your phone number. They just make sure that you've signed a waiver, and then they give you a wristband, and then that way you can come in and out as you please and not have to do the process every single time. Yeah. So that's so the it story wasn't there. it wasn't like this person made a post and then people were backing it up and be like, oh, it's just no, I, I don't know, I didn't I didn't read into it too much. Um, I will say there is this like DIY spot that this dude is skating so right now. Here, right? And I don't know where it is, but I've seen more than one pe- more than one person talk about this place. So we, it's like a cool little DIY like skate spot that they've built. We were talking about the dojo earlier. Is the dojo is the dojo spot still there? Well, the dojo's gone? moved. So they're in their third location, and I think the third place that they're in now there's not a skate spot. Yeah, I know they named the skate shot the skate spot the dojo also. It may still be there. I mean, there may be still be. I, mean, I know I, they had a bunch of ramps and stuff set up. I don't know. This looks like it's out in the woods somewhere. Yeah, I don't know where this is. And this is like... Somebody's land. Had an absolute blast <laughs> at Creekside DIY yesterday. I will definitely be going back. Wait, so click on the hashtag. So shout out Corey. It says hashtag... Creekside DIY. What is Creekside yeah, DIY? Where's that go? 22 posts in this group. Yeah, scroll through. I'm just curious if it gives kind of any kind of indicator where this is located. I don't know. Somebody will message us and be like, oh, I can take you there. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, just looks like some dudes built a rat spot out in the middle of the woods. And um, I actually see this dude at the skate park a lot. Uh, and he's actually really good. So. Who's that? We name, name drop anything? I don't know who he is. I know Bill Harris. Reach uh, out. Posted it. Reach out. I see Bill a lot. He's a really nice guy. Bill, Bill. He Bill, shreds. Bill. Yeah, well, man. Skateboarding. Cool. It is cool. Need man. to get back into skateboarding. Dude, you gotta come to the skate park, man. Come hang out. You hit me up on like the worst days to go to the skate well, park. Well, I'm going to the skate park. Uh my day has usually been Sundays. I go in the morning early. I get there right at nine o'clock right when they open so I can skate. It's usually not very crowded, and then I'll skate for a few hours, and then once it starts to get like crowded, that's when I leave. Yeah. Okay. Because just less likely that I'll get killed by some dude. Or less likely that you'll fall and somebody will see you. Yeah, that too. Um, I took my GoPro up there two weeks ago and filmed a little bit. The footage was lame. I was like, I'm not posting this. Mm. It felt so much cooler when I was It always it. does. It always and then I looked does. at it when I got home, and I was like, oh, this sucks. This isn't cool at all. Man. But it's fun to just go up there and, like, I don't know, hit the pump track and, like, skate the little mini ramp and land kick flips. Did a kickflip last time. I'll Feeling pretty up, good about that. Show up in my Reeboks or my my Dude, red. Dude, just my red the wings. pump track alone is worth going. It's yeah. like you. It's low impact. You don't even have to. If you can ride a skateboard, you can ride the pump track. It's so fun. And then once you kind of get in the groove of like keeping your momentum, it's so fun and it's like good cardio and it's a blast. I've seen. I'm actually kind of jealous. I've seen other videos that New Lines posted of other pump tracks that they built in other skate parks that are way bigger. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, dude, I love our track. Oh, I love our park. Don't, don't even. Like, you man, were j- don't I want to go hit, like, a, like, there's other skate parks, like, basically the majority of the park is one big pump track. Oh. So you can just, like, ride it, and there's multiple ways to hit it. Like, there's lanes, I guess, if you will. Oh, wow. And it's just, like, people are just, like, it's, I don't know, it looks so cool. Okay. So ours is small compared to like other pump tracks. But I mean, at scale to everything else that we have. Oh yeah, I mean we still have a giant, giant part, so yeah. that's cool. Um, but yeah, anybody listening, check out Alabama Skateboarding on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, this dude posted. He said he found some. Uh, there was a skate contest in Gadsden in 1978, and he started digging and was able to find. Like some info about it. It's like what? How do you just come across this? Like where was it? Uh, when I found out there was a skate park, there was a skate park in Gadsden at one time apparently. Huh. Um, and he posted this clip of like the winners from. So apparently they had like freestyle pool, half pipe session. Where do you? Who archives this stuff? I don't know. You know, I ran into um, one of the admins behind this page, Chris Solomon here. He. Uh, he was like, dude, there's a lot of like old school skaters here in Alabama you should talk to on your podcast. It'd be really cool. I mean, yeah, we got a lot of history here. Let's do kickflips up on the box. That's pretty cool. I can like barely ollie up on that box, but uh, I'll take it. So, hey, well, it counts. But yeah, man, I like to zoom through here every now and then and just kind of see what's going on. Yeah, we it's kinda, pretty cool. It's a pretty cool uh, like community. Well, what else has been going on in your life, man? I mean, I was going to say that's about it for me this week. Kind of nailed it. I got a bunch of business to... Oh, oh, no, I'm not done. So I brought I brought you uh, the Anthony Bourdain book. Yeah, so you've been reading a lot, which I'm impressed with because I'm like... Thanks. 
what, need, what, what does to, that mean? It means like I need to read. Oh, more. you're reading more. You read good. Good job, Zach. <laughs> you read real good. Shut up. No, so I brought you the Anthony Bourdain book, but I also brought you back Rich Dad Poor Dad. Did you finish it? I finished it. Did you gain any new insights from it? Yes. And and a lot of it, shockingly, is just common sense. Okay. And a lot of stuff is just, man, I really want to talk about this, but this could go on for a little bit, so we can save it. No, go ahead. So it talks a lot about finances and just like being smart with your money more than just putting it in a savings account. Yeah, doing stuff with it. Which I knew about, but I've never implemented it. I've always had... You know, I've always had an incredible savings account, but I've never done anything with it. Just sat in that account. And then when I left uh, the AV company and then took four years off and just lived on my savings. What Burned a, through all of it. What a mistake. What a mistake. It's all gone. I mean, it's good because it put me in a position I'm in today where Tim yeah, and I now the business. Stuff, yeah. But, dude, it really hits you in the face when you run numbers of like, had I invested when I was 25 or 22 or 20, the the significant difference it makes versus investing today. At 30. Yes. Yeah. It's crazy. And compounding interest and all that stuff. It's crazy. But I, that's the thing. I just never knew. So that's what, what I was going to that's What, what, what I was do I do with it? So shout out, shout out mom and dad. They've always pointed us in the right direction and been very open of like, do what you want to do in life. But we've never had like a financial talk of like sitting down of like, you need to invest your money or you need to do this with your money. It's like, don't blow it on drugs and don't get girls pregnant. Yeah. Like don't go to jail. That's kind of like where we were steered, but like, hey, we never did any of those things. So, so reading rich dad, poor dad, he, he points out a lot of like, to me, common sense stuff now that I'm older, but stuff that I wouldn't have thought about doing when I was 18 or 20 years old of yeah. like, putting money back, investing. So it, this whole conversation goes into like real estate and investment properties. So you're about to invest in something? No, 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 I'm not going to actually apply these principles. I'm just going to lock them, core them. We as a team are going to apply these, but not right now today. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Okay. But you've got plans in place. I think you and I, so you need to finish the book. You they handed the book it. over to me without finishing it. And I think I, the whole dude talks a lot, and and he says many times, I, I don't say this to try and brag, but he has a lot of like life stories that it's just, it's like, okay, I get the point. Like, yeah. you got to move over. You did, you did good. You did well. Yes, but he has a lot of key stuff that, again, it's like common sense, but it's like you, somebody just needs to tell you. And then you're like, oh, duh, yeah, do that. And so I, I suggest that you finish the book, and then us as a team sit down and talk about the book, talk about different ideas that we have, and then implement on those ideas. Okay. And have this be an active, uh, common conversation that you and I have. Because we had joked around like, man, McCown Brothers needs to start a corporation and start funding and, and be financially independent. Yeah. And knowing us and where we sit in our lives right now, we can do it. But we need, I need that support system to give me ideas that I'm not thinking of and when to tell me, hey, this is not a good idea. Right. I think we can do it. And then we'll talk about it on our podcast. Yes. This yes. will become a financial podcast. Well, no. <laughs> not that far. But 
just finish the book because he has a lot of great points to it. So the book we're talking about is a book called Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yes. Zach talks it's about. It's what everybody. It's a financial book that you uh, listen to any finance podcast or you just Google about finance, his book shows up. Yeah, it's I mean like, it's like one of the best selling financial. And shout out to uh, Realtor Blake Schultz who we had on the podcast and yes, he kind of so, opened our eyes to like. So I brought the book back. Really cool dude. Hey, shout out. I brought the book back to you because I want the list of books that he gave you to read. Yes. So there is another book. Well, he told me that book to read first, and then I'll dig through my text. There's another book. He said, hey, after you finish this, pick this up. Yes. So I, I so want that. I'm lazy, and I didn't finish the book, but I need to. Well, I could see how. it's. Again, it gets pretty winded, and he talks about stuff. And he's he's what's good about the book is he's very repetitive. So he'll repeat a sentence over and over and over to so like kind of hammers to really in. hammer it in. It's always like the first sentence of a new page. It was like, yes. So, okay, finish that. But then the other book you brought that I haven't read or haven't started is the Anthony Bourdain's book. Uh, uh, she's no, written several books, but it is Kitchen, Kitchen Confidential. Probably one yes. of his most popular ones. Yeah, it definitely is. That's what kind of put him on the map as like a. Which I'm not author. a foodie. I'm not, and I'm not. I never worked in a restaurant. I don't know any of these things. Same. But still, it would Same. it would be appealing to me. You yes. Would think. Okay. Because. Again, yeah, I'm that exact same as you. I've never worked in a kitchen. I never plan on working in a kitchen. I'm not, I, the most I do at home is, you know, cook like frozen pizza. You Did know, this book steer you further away? If like you ever thought about working in a kitchen, you're like, oh, hell no. I'm no, certainly not doing that. No, but I, I realize that's not my personality traits. That's not what I'm interested in. Gotcha. But Anthony Bourdain as a storyteller is a phenomenal storyteller. And I, when I, I, when I read books, I read it in, someone's voice if sure. it's a book i've never read then i make up a character but in anthony's bourdain books i can definitely read it in his, his voice in yeah. his voice so it really you got that no reservations in the back of your head yeah yeah so he he talks a lot about the restaurant industry and kind of gets in detail stuff that i'm not interested in but his personality definitely shows in his writing and there are a few key chapters that i think i told you about there are a few pages in the book where i audibly was laughing out loud while reading the book really yes Sick. Okay. See, most of the books that I've read lately come from you, like American Kingpin. You told me about that. And it was amazing. I love that book. And uh, it's about the dude who started the whole uh, Silk Road. Silk Road and incredible you know, true story. All about Bitcoin and and all this like before <sighs> cryptocurrency was the craze that it is now. And, and what's like, so cool about wild it, stuff he did. it's recent. It's not something. It's it's true and factual, and it's recent. This happened within like the last like four or five years. Isn't he? He's still alive. He's, he's in still prison. alive. He's still in prison. He still has a website that you can donate to if you think that he's innocent. That his parents set up. His, but he's totally not innocent. Well, like, come on. Like, how, what's the argument that this dude is innocent? So, There's a whole book about how he's not innocent. But what he's convicted for—I don't want to spoil the book—but what he's convicted for is not the Silk Road itself. It's not for the stuff that happens on the Silk Road. It's for what he did. It's, it's for what he did to try and protect himself that what implicated him and put him in jail. Well, they got... Well, yeah, I don't want to ruin the Exactly. Book. I don't want... It's, I, I want to be purposely vague right now. But another book, uh, Alex and Zach's uh, book club, American Kingpin. Yeah, really American good. Kingpin. It's on Audible or any of the other Audible it audio is, platforms. So um, I go back and I forth. I listen to it. I thought it was cool. I go back and forth. Audiobooks are great. Um, great way to consume books and content and but however with American Kingpin they actually show photos and stuff 
um, right. that go hand in hand with the story, which makes the story so much better. What's cool about that is he did that thing that uh, he went to some museum and they had like this recording where he sat down with another guy and they actually talked. And after all the stuff happened with him, they found that recording and you can go watch it. He's just like the most yes. normal dude. Yes. yes. He's like a young, yes. normal, white collar dude that is the mastermind behind. Or you just know. YouTube. There's there's several really good lengthy, lengthy YouTube videos, like 45 minutes to an hour long videos that pretty much uh, summarize the, the book. Yeah. But man, the book's so good. Um, American Kingpin. So other than that, and now that you've finished Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I'm going to read uh, Kitchen Confidential. Any other books on your reading list? Yeah, so I already have um, the second book from Anthony Bourdain called, um, I forget what it's called, but it's his, it's the book he wrote right after Kitchen Confidential. I think he has like What was the last book he wrote? I don't know. So Kitchen Confidential came out pretty early years, in his career? Years, years, years ago. So it was before, was it around the same time that he was doing the TV show? No, way before. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he doesn't go into the talk about the TV show or anything because that didn't happen So yet. he does. So the copy of Kitchen Confidential that I have was a re-release. So, so he goes back and has like cliff notes and stuff. Yes, where he's actually written on the pages and circle stuff like this isn't true. Looking back on this, I would change this or... Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so it's cool. before it's it's like he had just released that book and it had taken off, and there's a great documentary on HBO Max called Roadrunner, which is about Anthony Bourdain and his whole summarized his whole life to to coming into fame all the way up until um, the final days. Um, so the book he had released, Kitchen Confidential, it had taken off and he had gone on the book tour. And a filmmaker and the filmmaker's wife had reached out to Anthony and said, hey, when you're, while you're going on this book tour, we would like to follow you and just film it. And we don't know what it'll be or what it'll come to, but we want to follow you around on the book tour or whatever. And eventually that husband and wife team is what, and Anthony is what morphed into what you see today on television. His no reservations. He did another show. I forget what the name He's got several. Was. He does some several. stuff with yeah. CNN, which is really, really good. Um, so he just I, has a cool way of like, yes, narrating. You know, like the whole, yeah. like where he talks about it after the fact when he's recording his audio after they've shot. This. It's just really neat. It was a new style of like, yeah. So if you are interested shows, in that, there's cool. a um, it's a HBO exclusive. It's called Roadrunner. Roadrunner. And it talks about it's the whole behind the scenes of how he became to do the TV show, but it essentially picks up where the book leaves off. Because he okay. wrote the book, released it, and then it's a massive hit. Sweet. Yeah. Cool, man. It's always good catching up with you. I know, right? Talk about motorcycles, talk about books, talk about skateboarding, talk I, about uh, life in general. Kind of went all over the place this episode. But it was good. It was, it was fun. Um, yeah, the last episode me and you did together, uh, good response. I feel like a lot of people reached out and like, hey, do more like this. Because it's new. We've always had guests on. Yeah, I know. It's just the first time we've ever just like talked. And I was kind of like, I'd always put that off. Like, nobody wants to just hear us oh, talk, man. dude. It's not who cool. Cares? Like, who cares? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're still going to try to get guests on and stuff. But I will say from a production standpoint, just me and you sitting here. It's way easier. It's way easier to do. There's no scheduling involved or very minimal, you know, us aligning our schedules versus having like someone to run sound and having the guest here or multiple guests. And so 
Well, we'll see. This is the second episode. It's only the second one. Everybody's going to be like, hey, you peaked at the hey, first one. maybe this ain't Don't it, Don't do anymore. Yeah. Like, I cannot listen to you guys drone on about nothing for an hour. So feedback long. would be cool. Uh, we had a lot of feedback on the last video. So Yeah, it did well, man. As corny as Better it is, than some of the other videos. Jump in the I comments if you have something to say. Topics, guests to have on, whatever. You know, yeah, Tell us what we're doing wrong, what we can do better, or go kill like, ourselves, you know, or this, whatever. <laughs> so all the audio listeners are like, quit looking at stuff online. Just talk to me. You know, we can't post video on Spotify. Like actual videos? Actual video. Like, just like we got like uh, through Anchor recently, it shared See, a thing and it said, hey, you can post... But I thought that meant just video formats that they convert into audio. So you could still listen to it. So as far as some of the the video slash audio podcasts I listen to on Spotify, but it Spotify also, in particular, exactly. But I think a lot of people are on like Apple Podcasts. Oh yeah, there. so it's still. Seems, I'm just saying it's another way we could branch out. We could post the video and audio specifically to Spotify and have it on Spotify and YouTube for any of the. I think most of our listeners though are on like Apple Podcasts. That's a lot of work. Well, not really, because the video's done. Instead of just sharing the audio only, I would just share the video and audio. No, but then I'd have to share the... Yeah, it says... It would share the same audio to the other platforms. I don't know. Anybody out there, other podcasters, y'all doing this stuff? Hit us up, man. Tell us how we can improve. We're always trying to connect. Um, All right, I'm just going to end now. I'm just going to... This is Rad Brother. I'll see you next week. Cool. Bye. Bye.